The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and Happy New Year. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today and kicking off your 2011 in great style. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You're going to learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, because it is the first show of 2011, I want to take a look at kind of an overall glimpse at 2011. Don't know if you know this, I certainly didn't, but each demographic in the United States is going to see, you know, a bit of a change this year. Our friends at Iconoculture, the trend-watching organization, has flagged us that each generation is entering a new phase. Well, this year, I don't know if you knew this, but it certainly didn't dawn on me, the oldest millennial turns 33 years old. Now, I think I still have in my mind that a millennial is 20-something, but that's not necessarily the case, and guess what? Millennials aren't going to act like your traditional 30-year-old either. They've been pushing back what Iconoculture calls the five milestones of adulthood, completing school, leaving home, being financially independent, marrying and having kids. And the reason, of course, like anything else, is the job market. Many have become boomerang kids. And so this generation is really going to be redefining adulthood this year. Now, Gen X, according to Iconoculture, is using both social media for cause work and finding work. Again, the job market coming into play here, shifting job expectations from big money to more personal satisfaction and experience. Xers will be 34 to 46 years old this year, and they will be in midlife. And yet they're not looking really at the midlife crisis sports car. Instead, according to Iconoculture, they're focusing on family um, and on their relationships. They're looking for low-cost, high-value experiences. Now, boomers between this year and 2030 will turn 65 at the rate of one every 10 seconds. One in every 10 seconds. That's incredible. They continue to want to stay young, many of them working well past traditional retirement age. In fact, a Gallup poll earlier in 2011 found that 34% of Americans say they'll delay retirement past 65. Guess what? That means more of us, us marketers, are going to have to pay more attention to this group. Um, they're going to be working. They're going to have more expendable dollars. Now, matures, those are the 66 years and older, are still working. They're wired and entrepreneurial, according to Iconoculture, and they're acting actually more as parents to their grandchildren. That's because of all the demands that are happening in our society today, a lot of it related to the job market. Well, our post profile today is the reasonable luxury mom, and this is a woman that's kind of in her own 
point of contradiction, wanting luxury, but at the same time, not really being able to afford it, uh, especially after this holiday season. These are women 35 to 45 married with kids up to age 11 in the household, making between 75 and 250,000 for their household income. And most of them are homemakers. There's a little over a million of them, average age of 40. You know, that's a constant uh, struggle for them to have those luxury items. And, of course, being a mom, you know, they have a lot of guilt and feel very selfish about what they do spend on themselves. Uh, but you know what? They really are focused on the family and feels like that they can legitimize some of that spending because it is for household items or cars or vacations. And they actually see shopping as an escape. And who doesn't need a little escape these days? Um, and they feel like retail environments really provide that sense of luxury and escape. They do love their role as a mom. They feel like their primary job is to teach their kids to be careful with money. Um, they do shop at different stores for the best prices. They're looking for special deals. Um, they love shopping um, at specialty stores specifically because of employees' knowledge. So service is very important to these people. They really uh, value their friends' opinions, and they do seek advice before buying new things. They are also influenced by others' opinions. So... If some friend hears about a bargain or something cool they found, they'll likely go out and look for that. Again, they do focus on their home, and they do take comfort in brands. Speaking of brands, they are buying at Gap, J. Crew, Victoria's Secret, Eddie Bauer, Old Navy, Banana, Calvin Klein. Um, they're shopping at Pier 1, Crate and Barrel, Williams, Sonoma, and Pottery Barn. They're driving Volvos, Mazda, Honda, Audi, and Mercedes-Benz. When it comes to where they're reading up on their materials, uh, they're online at Disney, Amazon, Blockbuster, and Yellow Pages. They're reading Parents and Parenting Magazines, Shape, Real Simple, Family Fun, Cooking Light, Good Housekeeping, and Vogue. Well, my guess for today, if you're thinking about the hottest thing going, it's certainly going to be social technology, and especially in the year 2011. Who better to give us the scoop on all of that but Charlene Lee? She's the co-author of the bestseller Groundswell and author of a new book called Open Leadership. She's the founder of the Altimeter Group, a strategy firm that provides clients with a pragmatic approach to using new technologies. You've probably heard all about Charlene. She's one of the foremost experts on social media and technologies. Before before she founded Altimeter Group, she was a vice president and principal analyst at Forrester Research and a consultant with Monitor Group. She was named one of the 12 and most creative minds of 2008 by Fast Company and one of the most influential women in technology in 2009. Who better to talk about what's ahead for 2011 than Charlene Lee? More when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents... The 2011 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. 
Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 28, 2011. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 2011 IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Charlene Lee, the co-author of the bestseller Groundswell and the author of the new book, Open Leadership. She's also the founder of the Altimeter Group, a strategy firm that provides clients with a pragmatic approach to using new technologies. Charlene, welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, I think everybody... Everybody read Groundswell. Um, it was a huge hit in 2008. For those people who aren't familiar with it, the official title is Groundswell, Winning in a World Transformed by Social Technology, and it's won a ton of awards, including Amazon's top 10 business books for that year. Fortune Magazine named it one of the top three best web books in ad age. I put it as number three of its 10 books you should read, and that's just a few of the many, many accolades that book has received. I know it's become a huge resource for business leaders trying to kind of come to grips with social technology. It tends to be something that scares off many, many business leaders. Um, I know it's been two years since that book came out. How do you feel the book is holding up today in 2011? Uh, It's surprisingly well. Um, In fact, it's going into paperback this year because the demand has been so strong for it. Congratulations. Back in May of of, of 2011. And I think that speaks to um, the longevity of the book. Um, In some ways, we got kind of lucky with it because we wrote it uh, keeping in mind that Twitter was becoming a new force. And we finished at the end of 2007, and Twitter basically launched earlier that year, so we were able to incorporate it. And our take was Twitter was going to be huge. And, you know, frankly, it was a matter of timing on that. But we were at that um, cusp of when businesses were trying to figure it out, and we wrote the book so that it would have a framework that people could use no matter what the technology was. Um, it, it, and so that framework still holds very well to up today. Frankly, 
you can't think about the technology. You've got to think about the relationships that are enabled. And that's been the foundation of, of a lot of the work that people continue to do in the space. Yeah, and for those people who haven't read the book, I think the whole point of Groundswell is how and why people participate. Can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. I, I think, again, the idea is that we saw this phenomenon happening where people were just naturally coming together. And a lot of companies didn't understand why this was happening. Should they ignore it? Should they do something about it? I think the key thing that's changed over the past two years is that people realize that this is not something that's going away. So very few people ask now, is this a fad that we can ignore safely? People pretty much understand that it's there. And the whole idea of Groundswell is that people come together, these technologies allow them to come together, and then things happen. And power shifts. And like a traditional groundswell, which is a rising up of the earth, there's nothing you can do to stop it. You may want it to go away. You would wish that it may not have <laughs> much of an impact on your business. But in the end, you have to, and the very first thing you have to do is to accept that it is happening. And then it's a question of what you will do about it. Exactly. It's happening. How much do you want to participate? How much you should participate or not, right? It, but you just can't ignore it. I, I think that's the point. In the book, you did um, talk about six different groups, among them joiners and collectors. Do you feel that those groups have remained the same, or do you feel like new groups have kind of emerged, or maybe those groups have further divided? Well, uh, again, this is something we developed at Forrester, and Josh Bronoff has gone on to update it. He updated it earlier this year to have another group of people who are basically conversationalists um, Mm -hmm. added into that. And I've since also adapted it uh, for open leadership, and we're about to go and and adapt it again. Uh, So about every two years or so, it needs to be adapted to take into account the different behaviors. But I think the general idea that there are some people who are more active and engaged and participating than others still holds. The way that you categorize the nature of that engagement uh, changes as engagement changes. So one of the interesting things is that group of collectors, um, people who in the beginning were showing themselves as curated, you know, sort of uh, collecting things with RSS feeds, for example. Um, I turned that into a group called curators, which is a very unique group of people who would moderate things and, and create wikis. And now we're seeing with new technologies that curation is becoming very, very easy with new services like Paperly. So well, you can create your own newspaper just by curating your Twitter feeds or the people you're following on Twitter. So it's become easier and easier to do these kinds of things. And so I do think that the six groups continue to change. We, as analysts and watchers in the space, uh, I, I think, need to constantly stay on top of that to how these behaviors change. And staying on top of it can be such a challenge, I think. I mean, how does one stay on top of this technology? As it, I mean, it evolves, I feel like, almost every minute of every day. I mean, how do you stay on top of things, Charlene? Well, I, I stay on top of it through my network of people. People call me. People reach out to me. I reach out to other people saying what's new, what's hot. Um, and frankly, I don't put a lot of stake on the latest, greatest, hot, new, bright, shiny object because for the most part, businesses can't take advantage of the hottest, newest thing. It's only when their customers start using it um, to the point where it becomes meaningful to the business where they need to start really paying attention to it. So Twitter, for example, for the first year, two years of its existence, most businesses couldn't take advantage of it because not enough people were using it. 
but they need to be aware of it, maybe stay on top of it, have one person on their team, you know, just watching what's happening. And if they got into it in 2009, there was no lost time or anything. Uh, so I think that was a full two years after Twitter came on the scene. Two years. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you need to stay on top of it and do as hot as things. I think what you need to focus on is what your customers are doing today. And businesses are struggling so hard today just to even master that because mm-hmm. the changes of what their customers are doing, what they want to engage with them in, just being able to manage that process today is daunting for even the most advanced companies. Well, and in fact, you, you've written a book about that, Open Leadership. Um, and it, in that book, you show how leaders can tap into the power of the social technology revolution using social media to be, quote-unquote, open while maintaining control. Part of that, of course, is staying on top of things. Talk a little bit, if you would, about that use of openness openness while also maintaining control because I think that lack of control or the perceived lack of control is what concerns so many leaders today. It absolutely is, and I think it's the reality of business. And what social technologies do, it shines a bright, shiny light on that reality that you actually are not in control of very much in your business. Everything from the competition to your customers, partners, and especially your employees, really in the end can't be controlled. And in many ways, the social dynamics are possibly the best way for you to be able to become more knowledgeable about what's happening in those places where there is risk. So rather than see it as risky to let go of control, again, think about the fact that and acknowledge the fact that you aren't in control of these things in the first place. And then thinking about all the places of influence where you can now establish because of these social technologies so that you can be more on top of things, see when things are changing, understand where there are stress points developing, and also, I think most importantly, developing that trust of your employees to go out there and interact on your behalf. It is by far the number one reason that I see people being concerned about the groundswell happening is that, well, this thing is happening, I can't control it, so give me advice on how I can get back into control. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I do is I, I say, you have to acknowledge that you aren't in control. You can't control the groundswell. And in fact, the more comfortable you can be being open, and meaning not completely open, throwing things to the sky, but actually understanding having a strategy, having the discipline to be open. The sooner you can do that, the sooner you can take advantage of this new trend. Right, because the rewards are numerous, right? I mean, otherwise, why? I mean, you're right. You can't be in control. Because you can't be in control, um, you know, you can choose to not participate, I suppose, but no matter what, you're going to have to participate because your brand's still going to be talked about. And so the lack of participation really is some form of participation, I suppose. But there is a lot of transparency and responsibility that comes with participation. There, There is, I suppose, some measured risk, but there's a ton of rewards with it. Just having looked over gosh, the last two and some years since Groundswell came out. What are some of the rewards that you've kind of seen come to fruition with people participating in the Groundswell? I I think, again, if you do nothing else, just listening to what the Groundswell has to say Mm -hmm. is a huge reward. In the past, if you wanted to know what your customers are saying, you had to go and do expensive surveys and focus groups. It would take weeks. 
No, all I have to do is go and look at the social media, and if I have a really good, deep relationship because of the engagement I've done, I can even ask my customers in real time, do you like option A or do you like option B better? And granted, it's not a perfect answer. It's not completely representative, but make no bones about this. The research you were doing before was never quite representative either. So if mm-hmm. you could feel comfortable making key decisions based on 20 people in a focus group, what if you could go and talk to 20,000 of your customers or hear what they have to say about your product or get their ideas in real time? It, and if you can extend that to the entire organization, and I paint this picture for people, if you could imagine that every single one of your employees could listen to your customers just even a little bit more than what they do today, let's just say like 2% more aware of what customers want, what kind of impact would that have on your organization in terms of being aligned to what customers need or being more productive so that they're more focused on what those customers need? Mm-hmm. The, the gains in terms of your productivity would just go through the roof. So if you think about that potential um, and everything else that comes out of that, uh, better support, better innovation, faster innovation, being able to respond to demand generation um, in the marketplace faster and better, it all starts adding up to, this is a number we have to get better at this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've been looking and monitoring and participating with companies that have done a very good job at this. Can you talk a little bit about some of the ones that you think have been most successful? Yeah, I, I hold up companies like um, Best Buy, Starbucks, and Dell as large companies that have done this very well, and they're not you know, traditionally in the technology space, Dell being the exception. But I think what has really changed is, is that they all had leaders, and again, not necessarily CEOs, but leaders um, who took the initiative to say this is something very important. Best Buy uh, it started with a couple people in marketing. They took a server, stuck it underneath their desk, and created an internal social network. Went on from there to the CMO really embracing this and having a public blog. And from there went to a whole entire corporate strategy for 18 months about how they could become more open and looking at all the advantages and ways that could push that forward. And the result now is, as a retailer, they're far and ahead more engaged with thousands of their employees talking to customers on Twitter directly without any oversight. That doesn't happen overnight. Uh, That took them about three, four years to get to that point, Uh, but really accelerated over the past two years because they decided to focus on it. So I do believe that leadership in general is about focus. It is about the discipline that comes with it. And the openness part of it is an understanding of how that is going to work into your overall corporate strategy and then also the way you lead. Well, that's a perfect segue to what I want to talk about when we come back. Um, You actually just named the winners of your Open Leadership Awards, and I want to talk more about them, what we can learn from them when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for the Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. 
If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Think about it. You work so hard with your existing clients. How much time do you have every day to recruit more clients, expand your business, and add more value to your service? Let webmasterradio.fm do the work for you. We're the premier business-to-business on-air and on-demand podcast network with shows like SEO Rockstars, SEO 101, and SEM Synergy. We can tailor an ad campaign that includes 30 seconds every hour and a 30-minute special every month, plus the banner ads and links you need to reach our built-in audience and our legions of loyal listeners and podcasters. What you charge in hours for service is all it takes to get started on the fast lane to growing your business. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for consultation today. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. Joining me today is Charlene Lee, the co-author of the bestseller Groundswell and author of a new book called Open Leadership. We've been talking a lot about um, open leadership and also participating in the Groundswell and how companies have proven over and over again that it is uh, important to have a strategy before you enter into the Groundswell. But there's so much uh, reward coming out of that. And before the break, we were talking about a few of those companies have done it very, very well have not only um, encouraged their employees to participate, but themselves have uh, reaped a lot of rewards from it. You just launched um, the inaugural Open Leadership Awards to do exactly that, recognize people and organizations that really uh, demonstrate the best principles of open leadership. Seven of them uh, were just listed in your very first conference called Rise of Social Commerce. And I believe, Charlene, the criteria were pretty daunting, innovation and execution, creating impact, overcoming barriers, and leadership. Talk a little bit, if you would, about the winners and maybe how one of two of them really brought to, together that criteria and brought it to life. Yeah, I, I think one of my favorites um, was Infor, which are a, a big B2B technology company. And what they did was something internal, which is they one person set up an internal training course to get people to understand how to use all these different tools from Twitter to LinkedIn to Yammer and blogs. And they put up an entire program, they had contests, they had parties, they had incentives. They got senior executives involved, talking to people at the front lines. And what we were impressed by was how thorough the thinking was, the discipline, the planning about how they were going to bring about, bring about this internal change. Because they realized that if they were going to be prepared, if they had to be prepared to engage with their customers and be open with them, they had to be open first internally with each other. And I thought that was fantastic because they used that as a launching point then to have the same sort of open communications with partners and with customers. So it was just this incredible plan that they laid out. Um, and so from I, uh, the reason why we put that at the top is not only innovating because these technologies weren't that glamorous. I mean, it's like LinkedIn and Twitter. They've been around now for a couple of years. It was the execution of that. Um, putting the plan in place, putting the senior executives in positions to um, advocate for it, that really impressed us. 
And then uh, the other example I would give is um, overcoming barriers. And, and this is more of a marketing aspect of it. It was, it was you by Kotex, which was done by Kotex and by Organic, uh, their agency. And what they had to do in terms of overcoming barriers was to talk about vaginal health, which is a pretty big barrier if you think about it. <laughs> um, and so from a, from a marketing point of view, being able to do that, but also setting up all the back-end social aspects so that when the commercials aired, when the campaign aired, all the social things, all the channels were lined up to be able to talk very openly and very candidly about vaginas. And they had to say this over and over and over and over again. And we thought it was a really innovative way of using uh, social technology to break through some taboos and barriers that had existed for a very long time. Yeah, and that's a that's an industry uh, and a category that has been pretty consistent. I mean, there's really not been anyone breaking through in that category for a very, very long time. I think it was ripe for uh, some somebody like Kotex to come in and really set it on its ear. And, and beyond the social work there, um, the, the, the work in the social space, there was brand new packaging. I mean, it was a full 360 effort, wasn't it? Right. And, and I just thought, I look at that, I look at Oat Spice. I think the opportunities for brands to rejuvenate themselves to a very effective campaign that's really thought out in so many different levels and aspects really shows how important it is to integrate this from the very beginning. All too often we see brands pulling their campaigns together and then saying, oh, there's, there needs to be an interactive side. That's more or less integrated from an ad buying point of view. But now if you start thinking about bringing in these new types of relationships and brands, in the end, are all about relationships. And so if it's about relationships, that is what social does better than anything else we've ever seen, is to start and to deepen these relationships. Then it makes sense to think about your brand as a social brand and think mm-hmm. about it first and everything else in support of that overall relationship. So this is not about social leading. It's about relationships leading and then mm-hmm. everything drawing out from that. Absolutely. So um, thinking about the relationship with the end consumer and, and what's going to be the most powerful tool that you have to create a meaningful relationship with them and listening to them and then reacting to them. Um, before we wrap today, and because you're the very first show of 2011, I have to ask, as you look ahead over the next 12 months, what do you think are the top three things happening in the world of social technology um, or will be happening in the world of social technology this year that you feel we really need to be paying attention to? Yeah, um, I've been, I just can't imagine, beginning of the year, thinking a lot about that. I think the first thing is really thinking about it as social business and about how your business is going to change because of these social technologies. It's one thing to think about Facebook and Twitter and, and all these great tools, but turn it internally and say, how is my business going to change? And I think that's where the hard work is going to be this year. It's one thing to put up a Facebook page, but how are you fundamentally going to change because the relationship with your customers, with your partners, with your employees are going to change. And so thinking about it at that strategic level is going to become crucial to your success, I believe, in in 2011. This is the year when we get serious about this, where it becomes real business, not a fun tool um, that we can sort of enjoy and, and revel in. The second thing I would say is to think about all the data that's being created by all of these social interactions. Uh, much of the work that people do now around monitoring of these social interactions is really about creating a dashboard of data 
it's not around putting in really good analytics to understand and to draw insights and then to act on them uh, to be able to improve that relationship in your overall business operations, too. And I think the third thing is the, the rise of location becoming more and more important. Even if you are not a location-based business, under, using location as a context for understanding how is this person um, interacting with me, are they mobile now, are they at their desk, are they traveling, um, gives you a new types of insight uh, into being able to uh, understand and better serve their needs. So it should the experience that you have with a company, with a brand, should be location agnostic. It should be appropriate and in the context of where and how they're reaching you. So changing that user experience uh, and understanding how that user experience changes is going to be something very important, again, in this year. All right, everyone, you heard it. Now, now go do it. <laughs> right? I mean, you have to act now, and what better time to act than the start of the year. Charlene, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. For those of you listening, you want to learn more about the Altimeter Group, check it out at altimetergroup.com. You can also uh, check out more on Charlene at Charlene Lee, that's L-I dot com. And you can also monitor her blog from there as well. Thanks so much to George, my producer, for another smooth show. And join me next week right here, 3 o'clock Eastern time, for another edition of Purse Strings. Until then, make it a great one. <laughs>